James, welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. Today we got a good one. I am your host, Momutsi. Alongside me as always, the one, the only, Mr. BJ Armstrong. Real name, no gimmicks, but we got a great one today. We got a great one, man. Come on, and, and you know the best part about today's show, the best part about today's show is yesterday we didn't get a chance to interact with any of you guys. So today I'm dedicating the entire show to questions that you guys, the listeners, have sent in to mm. our Discord server. If you want your questions answered, make sure you join the Discord server. There's a link on my Twitter somewhere. I'll post it again for you so you can get involved and ask your questions because we're going to go straight in. The first question yes. comes in from Mr. Chris Rose, who I believe is a Memphis fan, unless I'm mistaken. So his question is okay. about the Grizzlies. He says, "Okay, the next time you guys do questions, how best do Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzlies organization control slash rebuild the culture in Memphis? From all the jar stuff to the Dylan Brooks incidents, like the thing with Donovan Mitchell, it feels like this chip on the shoulder, forgive the term, bad boy culture is on the cusp of turning very toxic. Now, BJ, I know you like to keep it on the court. You remind me all the time. But this off-court stuff is starting to spill onto the court. For example, Dylan Brooks missed the mm -hmm, last game mm -hmm. for being suspended for too many technical fouls. Ja Morant missed the last game as he's spending some time away for the team given his recent incidents that are still under investigation. And we'll talk about those more once we have some more clarity in the situation. But you're watching a, a team now with two guys missing time for, you know, things that aren't actually basketball. So what do you think about the culture in Memphis? Are they in danger of letting such a promising organization because they've got an all-star superstar talent at the point guard position. They've got Desmond Bain, who when he was healthy is an elite three-point shooter and a great two guard. They've got Jaron Jackson Jr., defensive player of the year candidate. They've got Steven Adams, who is probably the most experienced player on the roster, very solid in his role. He knows how to play his role perfectly. And they've got a bunch of other guys that can come in and do things. But all of that could be jeopardized by the things that happen outside of the hardwood floor. So my question to you is how do they prevent things from going pear-shaped? Well, you know, Mo, this, this team has been portrayed in the media over the last year or so. They are, they've been the, really the darling of the NBA. ESPN I mean, did a whole special a lot of last, last year. They went to Memphis and did a whole they, 24 hours of programming about the Grizzlies. You know, they've had a lot of media attention, deservingly so. This team has played very well. I think by all accounts, they are ahead of schedule. Uh, they've drafted really well. You know, they've drafted incredibly well. It seemed like every move they've made, you know, they've come out, they've played, they've developed their players. Taylor Jenkins is a incredible young coach. They've done everything right. Suddenly now, over the last two or three weeks, you know, things have been coming now off the court. Okay. And, you know, things happen, all right, which is fine. Now they're going to have to deal with this, you know, because now, you know, these guys, these young guys, you know, who are suddenly John Morantz and Dylan Brooks and all of these young players, Desmond Bain, you know, now all of a sudden you got to start making financial commitments to these young players. And with that financial commitment, now we start getting into the teeth, you know, or the heart of what professional basketball is all about, right? Mm -hmm. So what we know they've done, the basketball business, talking about talent. Yeah. You know, we talk about this team and what's going on. 
You know, one thing more, I, I will say this, this team has an edge to it, right? They live on the edge, yep. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And Mo, we have to say this in full transparency. You need an edge to win in this league. Absolutely. And they have an edge. Now, now Mo, it appears now, but that's the basketball business. Now let's talk about the business of basketball. Mm-hmm. With the business comes now an enormous responsibility, not only on the court, because on the court, these guys are fine. When they do play, hey, they compete, they're entertaining. They, you know, they, you know, they're talking trash. They're doing all of the things, you know, that, that, that you do when you're out there playing. But suddenly now, Mo, it appears to be, again, appears. All of these things are allegedly, I don't know any, yeah. I don't know the facts of the case or anything. Now, suddenly now it's affecting the business of basketball. Now, mm-hmm. this is what we're talking about. Okay. So now let's get to that. You know, it, you know. When you start, you know, in a relationship mode, there's one thing that is absolutely necessary in every relationship you have. You know, we happen to be talking about basketball, whether you're in a personal relationship, a relationship with a mentor, a relationship with your coach. The foundation of every relationship is trust. Yeah. Right now, Mo, these guys have found a way not to be on the floor for their team, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You, you know, I found nothing in my life, Mo, nothing in my life that has been more enjoyable to be a part of a team. Okay. And I'm 55 and I can say that, you know, I, I love yeah. my family, my kids, my parents and all these things, but nothing, I found nothing in my life that has been more fulfilling than being part of a team. Mo. Like, and suddenly now these young men, whether this has happened before, but certainly they've come together as a group. They have a single thought and they are a team, you know, and suddenly now John Morant, their leader is not available. Mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks now is not available. Uh, what's the one kid's name? He's got an injury. Um, yeah, Brandon Clark. And I, I think Brandon that's going to be huge in the playoffs because yeah, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr. Available. Can't stay out of foul trouble. Just just to quickly jump in, Jaron Jackson Jr. can't stay out of foul trouble. Now, Brandon Clark is one of the best backup big men in the entire NBA. So him not being there is going to be a huge loss, especially when it comes to offensive rebounding, which is a staple of the Grizzlies' scoring abilities because we all know they struggle in the half court. So him not being available for the rest of the season, in particular the playoffs, is going to hurt them. So we're going to have to see if Xavier Tillman can step up and do some damage. But continue yeah yeah so um, yeah so they, they, they now they have something now they have adversity now they have adversity with this group that's a fact okay mm-hmm. some of it's off the court as you and i know mo and and all of our listeners know and all of our viewers know injuries are a part of the game you know steven adams is out who's probably if not the oldest guy one of the oldest guys he's, on the, the team. he's only 29 and he's the oldest guy on their roster which makes me think a lot okay. of these off-court things could be prevented by having some veterans on that roster and in that mix. Yeah, and and the greatest teacher, Mo, as you know, I can't ever forget when I was 20 years old, Mo. I can't ever forget that. That's the one thing as you age, Mo, you can't ever forget. You know, the greatest teacher is experience, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm not going to sit here and tell you back in the day. No, Mo, I was 23, so I, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not condoning anything, I'm just saying I get it. The greatest experience. I have a 22-year-old son. And I have to remind myself all the 
time. He's 22 and he's learning and she's learning and we, we figure it out. But because our foundation is built on trust, it's always coming from a place of love. So you say, okay, now what, what can the Memphis Grizzlies do? You know, Mo, you've heard me say this off air. Not many times I say it on air, but because we are in this situation, you know, Mo, you have to be able to function in any environment, in a dysfunctional environment. Now, right now, Mo, this is a little dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Whether right, wrong, or whatever, how, whatever, when the facts come out, th- this isn't something that you, you know, because on the outside looking in, you're going, okay, what's going on here? Now it's time for the leaders to step up, right? Ownership, the executives, the coaches, and the the leaders within the group are going to have to come together and they're going to have to figure this one out. Things are going to happen. Mo, I've never been on on a team where there wasn't something going on. Sometime it hits the media. Sometime, mm-hmm. Mo, it doesn't. You're going to take care <laughs> but, of that in the house. But you get, but it's got to be taken care of, okay? And they have to be take care of the group. Because if you don't take care of it, Mo, it can fracture the group. And this is a – clearly, this team here, they found chemistry with with with, with each other. That's that's, yeah, that's everyone, the clear cut. Everyone, everyone else what the Grizzlies that. need to contend. And I my answer is always just time. Like they've got all the pieces okay. there and it's just time of playing together and more experience. Now, look at that. But if it doesn't figure itself out, Mo, this will be one of the great stories where you say coulda, woulda, shoulda. Mm-hmm. All right. So you ask, what, what can they do? You know, Mo, the, the, the greatest lesson I've learned on being a part of a team being a part of a team, right? Everyone wants a leader, right? You know, everyone say, well, this person is the leader. You know, collective leadership mode is the the one thing that we don't talk enough about. Collective leadership, right? Just because the best player is on the team doesn't necessarily mean that they are the leader of a group, okay? And that's the one thing that I've learned over my experiences, especially at the professional ranks, is that if you're going to have a good team, you got to have collective leadership. The In my, my area, it was 12 guys. This area was 15. The 15th guy has just as much as responsibility as the best guy. Because if one guy fails in their leadership and what they bring to the group, the whole thing crumbles. Mm-hmm. You go, well, that, how could that be? But that's how it is, Mo, right? If, a, if the 15th guy is not playing his part or playing his role, this thing will come down. So I will say this. How can they correct this? And I'm going to give the Memphis Grizzlies and anyone who's a part of a team, whether it's in the office or wherever, if you're part of a group, Mo, one of the things you always look for is you look for the following. It is a true gift, Mo, when you find a person that is going to tell you the truth. It's a gift. Facts. Mo, Mo, I don't care who that person is. It's a gift. It's a gift to you individually. It's a it's a it's a gift to the collective group because one person telling the group the truth has the power to change the dynamics of a group. And let me tell you something about power, Mo. True power. True power doesn't panic. True power doesn't panic, especially when you. It's a collective effort and. Wherever that comes from, 
with this group, Mo, I hope it happens for this group because every team has a different challenge. Now this group has a different challenge ahead of you that's different than, you know, the Orlando Magic's challenge. It was different than the L.A. Lakers challenge, which is different than the Utah Jets. Every group, this group has a challenge. But, Mo, I hope that someone, I don't care who it is, that will give this group the truth. Because if they get the truth and the truth enters into their locker room, into their, their group, or into their meeting, they have a chance, Mo. I've never been on a team where it's been perfect. I've never been on a team where there's been major problems. And when I say major problems, Mo, major problems, okay? Sometimes you heard about the problem, and in this case, it's out in the open now. Sometimes, Mo, these problems never get out. But let me tell you something. Every group is ch is challenged with something. So I would hope, Mo, that they have the courage as an organization, as a team, as individuals to confront themselves. Because let me tell you something. On the court, that's all I know. That's all I can see. That's all you and I can see. This team has a chance to do something. And I would hope that they would learn from whatever's going on. I would hurt, I would hope that someone collectively, someone individually, whatever needs that will come in there and that comes to them and then they could sort it out and they could move on because both every group has to face this and you would hope that no one gets hurt Mo. And what I've heard clearly that's another discussion, but I'm not going to address that because I don't know. And that's a, I'll let the people who are experts in that handle that. But I would hope that whatever is going on that's being reported, that that happens because every team, Mo, has to address this situation the same exact way. And that takes courage to do it because no problem, a little problem, Mo, has the potential to mess up a whole team. Yep. And this problem right here, Mo, because if they don't figure this out, you and I will be saying years from now, man, they had a chance to get it done and da, 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 da. And hopefully we'll say it didn't. And, 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 and it's an entirely different scenario, right? I'm not comparing one situation to the other. But I remember you and I having this conversation early in the season. I mean, we had it in preseason this year with the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. After the Draymond Green okay. and Jordan Poole. Yeah, I mean, Mo, just based on what we saw, whatever things happen, right? You know what I mean? I'm not saying, I'm not comparing this situation to, to, to that situation. But what I'm saying is when a problem happens with a group, it has to be addressed. So whoever that is, the leadership has to, has to rise to the occasion and try to figure it out. And you try to get the truth into the room. And then hopefully you can, you know, move on and uh, learn from it. Well, hopefully they do figure it out because um, they have so much potential as a group and let's hope that they can mature a little bit and get to it. But the next question comes in from another member of our Discord as I scroll up to mm, try and find okay. it. Because it's okay. it's about a, a veteran in this league who provides great leadership to his team. And Mandar is asking, do you think Damian Lillard is the clear number two best shooter in the league after Steph? Does anyone else currently have a claim to the number two spot? Because I think it's a unanimous decision that Steph Curry is the greatest shooter in the NBA right now, if not potentially of all time. But who's your, who's your top three in order in terms of shooters of the basketball? 
and I, that's 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 a, that's a you know I, I've never really thought about it because like, it's not just cool catch thing. and shoot; it's shooting off the dribble as well. Because that's what makes Steph the best. Not only can he pull up and shoot, he plays off the ball enough as well to get to his spots, catch and release. Dame plays primarily with the ball in his hands. Clay Thompson, on the other hand, is a catch and shoot kind of guy most of the time. So there's a bunch of great shooters. You know, there's guys like Luke Kennard, for example, who just shoots at a mm -hmm. ridiculously high percentage. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't put him in the same caliber as a Dame or a Steph Curry or a Clay Thompson. However, mm -hmm. you know, stats wise, he's up there with them. But who do you have up there, BJ Armstrong, in terms of the best shooters in the NBA? You know, well, I'm I, I'm going to revert back to what I what what I've learned over my career. There's different types of shooters, right? You know, I so I'll take myself as an example. You know, there were there are there 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 are three types of shooters. Right. And this is how I learned how to shoot. I had a coach tell me this one. He said, son, there are three types of shooters. And, you, and I'm going to give you a, the option to figure out which one you are. He says, first, there are some guys who can create shots. Some guys, you know, so for example, the late Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant, George Gervin, Kevin Durant. Those guys can just create shots. There's nothing there, Mo, Jason Tatum. They can just create a shot. Okay. Then there are guys, he said, the second type of shooter is those guys who make open shots. He didn't say shoot open shots. He said they make, make open, open shots. Okay. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Chris Mullen, Steve Kerr. Yo, those guys. I think Ray could get a shot too in his, in his peak, but that's he a could. But he, but he's not in the category of Kobe Bryant, though. No, no, no. no. We talk yeah. about we talk about yeah. the best yeah. of the best. Mo, Mo, you okay. said the best. Okay. okay. You know, there's some guys who you know, there's some guys. You know, you know, Larry Bird was. You know, he, there's some guys. Okay. Don't tell JJ. Just, okay. There's some guys that. They make open shots. And then the third shooter of guys who can't shoot. <laughs> yeah. we, don't, we don't need there's to name reason, him. Okay. We don't need to name these players, but there's a reason <laughs> they are open. <laughs> because the scout, because no, Mo, as a professional, you know who you're going to leave open. Mm -hmm. When I'm playing against, now when you, for instance, did you watch the Dallas game, which I know you did, the Dallas Phoenix yep. game? There was a reason those guys were open in the corner. Mm -hmm. And when those guys who are open for whatever the reason may be, wink, wink. Mm -hmm. And when they make those shots, suddenly now you go, we have no chance to guard Kevin Durant or Devin Booker with two, three guys. If these guys are making shots, yeah. because now that puts so much pressure on you to play flawless basketball, meaning you got to shoot over 70% from two, which is almost impossible. Only maybe Giannis, or Embiid or somebody can do that for the course of a game. Okay. So, Mo, those are the three shooters. Those who create shots, those who make open shots, and then those those guys who can't shoot. So now when I look at it, I go, okay, let's, in today's game, in the way they play, which is totally different, Mo, than any other era I've ever seen. I 
think we all agree. This is this era. No one plays with this pace. No one plays with like shoot 63s. I mean, Mo, we wouldn't shoot 63s for almost a whole season. These guys are shooting 63s in one game. Yeah. Okay. Steph Curry has to be as far as creating shots, as far as shooting open shots, making and open then shots. Mo, yeah, yeah, shooting makes open making shots, the open making shots. open shots. And then Mo, what he does exceptionally well, okay, which is an art that you don't see as much anymore. He does it without the ball, mm-hmm. right? He he's moving around using screens like they used to do in in, in another era. Yep. So when you put the combination together of a guy that you're seeing doing and Mo, he's a high volume shooter. Yep. This guy isn't like shooting like just five a game. This guy probably averages five or six threes made per game. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you and he's the he's the number one, number two, number three defensive assignment on every team. So this guy is just shooting at a clips where you're going, I haven't seen a guy make open shots, create shots. And he's doing it with the ball, without the ball. And you, you put all of that together, you go, wow, I haven't seen a guy that can do it this way. Now, I'm going to say I think the, the second best shooter or the second best in, in the way I look at it, right? Because those are my three criteria. The yeah. second one is Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I hear it. And the reason I'm saying with Kevin Durant is because the reason I don't have Kevin Durant one is because he has a distinctive advantage over every other player. He's totally he can see the rim. Any, yeah, he can see the rim every time he shoots. Steph Curry is so incredible because Mo, I, I being a shorter guy, a smaller guy myself, I never saw the rim. Mm-hmm. Mo, every time I shot, I never saw the rim. I just knew where it was at. But Mo, I kept saying, God, if I could have really seen the rim, I probably could have shot fifty percent. And mm-hmm. I'm sure Steph Curry is like, yeah, he shoot, like Steph Curry memory. is playing. Oh, listen, Steph Curry is doing this against a triple team, right? He's getting double teamed by two guys. And then the guy that's guarding the guy that set the screen is probably. So he's getting, he never sees the rim and he's shooting like this. Mm-hmm. He's the first. Mo, I, I was nowhere. I wasn't in the scouting report. My scouting report read like this. Stay home with him. Yeah. This guy, Steph Curry, st- scouting report is guard him as soon as he parks his car in the parking lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And he's so Steph Curry. And, and when you add all of this up, I'm going, okay. Kevin Durant can see the rim, and he is an incredible shot maker, though. I mean, Mo, the guy makes shots that are so difficult that now it's becoming like, like I watched him in the last game, Mo. Mo, you played great defense on him. That guy just still makes the shot, and he makes it. He does it with no effort, though. That's yep. what. That's what's so deflating. And the thing is, as well, he could pull up anytime he wants. He's just anytime. trying to get the most efficient shots or take shot. the shots in the spots that he needs to get to. Exactly. So I think he's the second best shooter. I I, I really because if he can create, he can do all the things. Now, Dame, you know, Dame is interesting to me because Dame just. You know, he'll just move further and further back. I'm just waiting for Dane just to start shooting in the backcourt. Because mm-hmm. I'm just with it. I mean, the guy did it in the all-star game, and I'm going, okay, yep. that just seems like a natural thing for him. He's yep. an incredible shot maker. He's yep. a he's a clutch shot maker. Um, you know, he does it, 
here. So I would say Dame is probably three, but I don't think Devin Booker is far behind. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's far behind. Devin Booker is an incredible shot maker as far as shooting. Um, you know, Jason Tatum, I think he takes a lot of tough shots. But, you know, if if he had a better shot selection, I would put him up there because he's tall too. He can see the rim and he makes some really tough shots. So yeah. I, I I would say those are like my five guys, you know what I mean? So, so run, like my, run, run me through them in order from five to one. Steph Curry. Yeah, one to five. Kevin Durant. Yeah. yeah. Steph Curry. Kevin Durant. Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Devin Booker. Okay. And then Jason Tatum. Okay. Because the, 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 those guys. Now, Jason Tatum, he just takes tough shots. He just takes really tough shots to me. You know, he takes tough shots. However, when I put the combination of creating a shot, because it, it's also a responsibility to be able to create an open shot and create space. That's a talent, Mo. Yep. That's a that's a that's a that's a talent. You know what I mean? That's a real real talent. Because it's not just three point shooting as well. The mid range is important that's when it comes range. to being that's, a shooter. As Mikael Bridges is demonstrating in Brooklyn right now. Yes, yes, and you, you know that's a real talent. So I don't discredit the ability to create a shot. You know. Say what you want to. I think we talked about it yesterday. Kawhi Leonard <laughs> could create space to get off a shot and make it. And he's very efficient at it. Okay. So oh, those are my shooters. There's some, obviously, Luke Kennard, those guys I think are, you know, good shooters. There's a lot of really good shooters in the league over the years. But when you really, you know, the thing about the list that I respect, that all of those guys are primary scores for their team. Yep. And they're shooting at a very, I, I think, a very efficient, you know, maybe Jason Tatum me, is probably the lowest. Let me uh, ask you this. On all those guys. You have Steph over KD because of the high advantage that KD has that makes it easy for him. Why is Dame not also over KD? What's the separating criteria there? I, I, I don't, because I, like there's a person that I don't have on the list. I don't have on the list. Clay Thompson. It has to be on every shooter's list. Like in his prime, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. You said today. Clay has to be on the list, right? Just body of work. However, why is I can't just give the ball to step, I mean to to Dame, and he can just go get a shot like like Durant. Like Dur Durant is Dur you know. Out of all the players that I've watched over the over the years, right, and all my years of watching players, right, since I was a kid here, Kevin Durant might be the only player I know that I've seen over the, especially over the last this generation, mm -hmm. that doesn't have to change his game one bit to play in any era. Mm -hmm. Like he would be the same player in the seventies that he is today. He would have been the same player in the eighties, the nineties, two early two thousands, whenever he came into the league. He would have been the same exact player. He is really like, like I, I've been watching him a lot lately for whatever the reason. I, he's always been one of my favorite players. Mm -hmm. And, you know, George Gervin, when I was a kid, he said something, Mo, and it's it's just stuck with me. It's always stuck with me. He said, young fella. That's how he talked. Young fella. <laughs> young fella. <laughs> <laughs> I had a shot for every occasion. 
And he said it just as casual as I'm saying that to you right now. Bo, he said, young fella, I got a shot for every occasion. And he said it very calmly, just like that. And Mo, I've only seen one player that could, he could score just about against any defense. But Kevin Durant has a shot. Every occasion. For every occasion. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Now I see the guy who can score against every defense from the perimeter, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't see Wilt, you know, Kareem. I didn't see in his in his, but I I've seen enough to say, okay. On a perimeter, I saw a guy who could score. But this kid, Kevin Durant, he has a shot. For every okay, look, you know what, Mo? You know why I'm I I I'm in love with his game? It's because Mo, he has the discipline not to shoot every time. Yeah. Because if I was seven like, foot tall to shoot like Kevin Durant, no one's getting the ball on my team. No, no, Mo, no, like like Mo. I, like Mo. Okay. All right. I want I want to be a fan here for just a second. All right. I want to be a fan for a second. Okay. I, I want to pretend right now I'm Kevin Durant. Okay. There's no way, Mo. There's no way, unless you have an incredible amount of self-discipline, that he shouldn't score over 70 points in a game. Yep. Well, we spoke about this, and you said his lack of free throws at this stage of his career. But he should yeah, have had. He, he, Mo, he there's have. no probably, way. Probably a better Mo, way He could have easily had 70 throughout Mo, his career. Mo, there's no reason at some point he shouldn't have just scored 70 just because. Well, we'll Mo, see he's next open. time he... Next time he plays the Houston Rockets, he might just get it. <laughs> well, he's taking, you know what's funny? He's taking less shots now than he did in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Just because he's such a efficient student of the game. He's such a good basketball player. I just watch him now and I go, this guy really, really knows how to play. Well, I think he's the only player, in my opinion, that wouldn't have to change his game not one bit. Mo. He wouldn't have to change his game one bit to play mm-hmm. in any era. And he would have been the same player. You know what I mean? Like, yep. he, you know, like, like for instance, you know, you know, Giannis, Giannis would have to change his game a little bit to play in that era. He would have to change his game because he wouldn't just be running like dunking on people like he's doing now. He would have to change his game. LeBron would have to change his game. Do I think he would be, Efficient? Absolutely. Do I think he would be one of the best? Absolutely. But he would have to change this game. Kevin Durant, Mo, he wouldn't have to change nothing. He could shoot. You know, he he could he could guard. He could play. He could play mm-hmm. with other players. He could play in a system. He could play isolation. He could play fast, slow, however you want to do it. Mo, he wouldn't change anything. I just think he is perhaps the only other player I could say this about. Other than George Gervin, who who was the first one I heard it from, okay. he's got a shot for every occasion. He's nah. Mo, the, he has a shot for every okay. Mo, some of the shots he made against Dallas, mm-hmm. it was simply Mo. It, it it was like it was like it was like art. It was like poetry. I, I, it was I like, knew they were going in when he took them. Even the tough ones, you knew they were going. But speaking of that Dallas and Phoenix game, uh, Ryan seventy seven says with the Luca and Booker rivalry heating up. Who was BJ Armstrong's biggest rival on the court and why? 
You had a few run-ins in your time, but who was your number one nemesis in the NBA? Who did it? You know, I, you know, I, 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 I learned again. This is something that I learned as a professional. Like when I was in college, you know, it was like, oh man, I'm going at such and such, man. He was talking all this. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I, I learned over 82 games that my biggest nemesis was myself. Yeah. Because I had no, as a pro, Mo, as a pro, I had to be at my best every night. I tried to be. I tried to be. Now, now the guys I enjoyed playing against the most, okay, I loved playing against Isaiah Thomas. I grew up watching him. When I was a kid, I I wore number eleven as a kid. I changed my number because, you know, I I didn't want him to know that he was my favorite player. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, playing against Magic Johnson, the guy I I I I, because he was so physical as a guard was John Stockton. Um, I love playing against Tim Hardaway, Kevin Johnson. You know, one of the craftiest players ever was Mark Price um, here. And there were so many guards, you know, Mookie Blaylock, Pooh Richardson, you know, all of these guards that were, you know, they, it, it was so many great players. Who, who, you know, was on, who was on the Suns that I saw a game where you just threw them off the court? Who was the player? Uh, uh, I think it was Kevin Johnson. I don't know. Yeah. Eddie Johnson or somebody. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you, I mean, Mo, you had somebody if, running. Like if a you run guys haven't seen like, that, check that out on YouTube because that was pretty yeah, funny. I mean, you, 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 had, you had run-ins all the time. I mean, I, I love, you know, there was a one of the most physical guards was this, this um, he's not a young man anymore. Well, none of us are young anymore. Was Derek Harper. He was a bigger guard, you know, mm-hmm. played for the Knicks, played here. One of the guards, Mo, who had my number. Okay, if you want to hear something, had my number, right? I mean, Mo, every time this guy saw me, he was going to hit me for 20. Oh, we heard His name was one. Steve. His yeah. name was Steve Coulter. We Steve know this Coulter, one. <laughs> he, if, if Steve, if you're listening right now, if he saw me right now, he was he would hit me for 20. And Mo, that's just what it... <laughs> okay? All right, and, shout out to Steve. <laughs> shout out to Steve. Shout out to Steve Coulter. But Mo, you know, Michael Adams. Remember Michael Adams? You know, they play one of the guys who Mo, I really had to like get my game ready for was Bugsy Bowes. Mm. He was a major problem. Mm-hmm. So, Mo, you ha- I had to learn that every single night there was going to be a different challenge. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, one of my favorite players to play against, okay, was Rod Strickland. Okay. okay. Tell us why. Why? Because I knew Rod was not going to shoot. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to shoot. And I knew he was going to drive. And he still was going to find a way to drive and get by me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wasn't alone. <laughs> and, and I wasn't alone. It's not like, okay, you have the guard like Joe Dumars, for instance. And you know the guys can shoot. And you just, you know, you got to take away something. I knew he was going to drive. Mm-hmm. The team knew he was going to drive. And I was standing there at the free throw line waiting for him to drive. And the guy was so clever, he was still going to figure out how to get by you. Rod was it Terry Porter. I mean, right, there were so many really, I mean, Doc Rivers, Spud Webb. I mean, I mean every night, though, like, so 
I mean, I just, I, I, I every night presented a, a different challenge. But my favorite player growing up as a kid was, you know, if you're saying like, you know, who did I want to play against? Like I measured myself against Isaiah and I still consider him. I still consider him, you know, as far as a little guy, six feet and under, he's, he's the best. I mean, he, he, he's the best at what he did with those Detroit Piston teams. And that was my measure. That was all of our measurements. You know, we, we all measured ourselves against the very best. So as far as a little guard, um, I remember the first time I played against Allen Iverson. I told you that story, Mo. I, I never saw a guy that fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I never. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So every night presented a different challenge, you know, and there were so many challenges, Mo, in this league. You know, Maurice Cheeks and all of these guys. You know, I, I I can I can remember playing against the late Dennis Johnson with the Boston Celtics mm -hmm. and Danny Ainge in the back. Court. DJ. Yep. Oh, and, and, and Mo, like you, you played against Hall of Famers. You know what I mean? Mo? like so I would love to tell you that it was just one guy. But every night, Mo, somebody somebody was going to cook you. Mm -hmm. OK, mm -hmm. Sidney Moncrief, for instance, like, yep. OK, look, I mean, these are just these are Hall of Fame. I'm just throwing out Hall of Famers. And yep. I know I'm missing a lot of givers. All right, Mo, I'm going to tell you one of the guys, Mo, who, to me, we need to show some love to. All right. Is Abdul Raouf. Facts. We need to get him on the show. No, Mo. Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. Go check his highlights. And I'm saying this out of just based on what I've seen. You know, like, we, we talk about Steph Curry now, right? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. Mohammed Abdul Raouf. Well, he might have been the first Steph Curry before mm. Steph Phil, Curry. Phil Jackson said the same thing. Mo, he might have been. Mo, I'm telling you, he had a year or two in there, Mo, where I had to guard him and Mo. Shifty. Like there, aren't, there aren't a lot of times where you can say, I can take away something. Mo, you, you couldn't guard anybody, but you could take away something. Mm -hmm. Mo, he could shoot before we really knew what shooting really, I mean, yep. like that off the dribble. Yep. He, he might have been Steph Curry. Fly. Oh, Mo, Mo, and Mo. When I'm telling you, he had a handle. He had a pull-up game, screen roll. He could play isolation, and Mo, he was efficient. This man could really shoot. Now, you know his story. If you get a chance, man, let's get him on the show, and he's going to tell his story. The show. Yeah. Let's get him on the it's, show. Tell the story. We'll leave you guys but I'm going to tell that. you, but but these guys, all of these guys, Mo, were so 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 good. You know, um, I remember Stefan Marbury came in the league. Terrell Brandon. These are like exceptional players. So I really wish I could tell you, but I'm going to tell you, Abdul Raouf. Hey, Mo, I saw that one up. I mm -hmm. saw that one firsthand. And let me tell mm -hmm. you something. Let me tell you something, Mo. If anybody told you they stopped my Abdul Raouf. <laughs> They're lying. <laughs> no no mo no and, and, and i'm telling you he might have been the first one mm -hmm. like you know how we're talking about stuff right now he might have been the first one mo mm -hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. he might have he might have gave us a glimpse of what could be mm -hmm. because i'm gonna tell you he was doing that mo like in the early 90s before we really knew what was going on mm-hmm
Yes, sir. And he was exceptional. He was an special, exceptional shooter. Special. Man, I'm sorry to go on, but you, hey, you brought all these names up, man. You brought it's, all these names up. It's all up. love. It's all love. We got to pay homage yeah. to the OGs here. But appreciate all the guys who sent in questions today. Make sure that you get into the Discord server so that you can have your questions answered here on the show. Make sure you stay locked in, stay subscribed, stay sharing with your friends, leaving reviews, all that good stuff, because we'll be back tomorrow with more from the Hoop Genius Podcast. So make sure you do what Mahmoud Abdul Rauf did and get buckets. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.